Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Wednesday morning or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azran, the language nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and on Tumblr. My username in all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazren. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T. A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. You can also simply search Azren the Language Nerd on whatever your favorite social media platform is. So again, that is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, the Language Nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. So I think it's a good idea to start things off today with a bit of a life update, because things are very, very different as of today than they were in my previous podcast. First and foremost, in the last podcast episode, I was still in France. And right now, I'm no longer in France. I am in Taipei, which is the capital of Taiwan. It's on kind of the north the north end of the island. And Taiwan is great. I've been here for uh, about three or four days now. And I'm loving it. It's my second time in the country. I came for less than a week about uh, three years ago because at the time I was in China and the flights from China to Taiwan are, are very, very affordable. So I decided to make a very, very quick trip over to Taipei. And it's funny because Taiwan, out of all the countries that I've been to in the world, which is many, Taiwan has got to have some of the nicest, nicest and most generous or giving people that I've ever met anywhere in the world. It's crazy how people go out of their way to be nice in Taiwan, which I love. I could literally make this podcast. I can make a 30-minute podcast sharing all of the stories one by one by one of random strangers or people I don't even know very, very well sometimes being extremely kind to me. And it's it's flattering. It's floored me. It's surprising. I love it. I It just makes me... I, it's just, it's difficult to describe the feelings I feel because I, I've never really, to my knowledge, never really been somewhere where, where everyone that I've ever met in the country is not just, oh yeah, they were nice. They were, they made an extra effort that it's like, wow, that's so cool. I'll share a couple of quick stories to give some examples. Um, in Taiwan here, um, we ha- there's a, there was initially a slight issue with the Wi-Fi in the apartment where I'm staying. Um, I'm staying with a homestay family, so it's a, fa- it's a Taiwanese family that I'm living with. And this Taiwanese family, for their internet, they just hotspot their phones. So it's a very, very fast connection. There's no issues with it. It's all fine, blah, blah, blah. But the issue was that if they're not home, there's no internet at the house because they just hotspot their phones. And for me, the issue is that I, in the morning times, is when I do a lot of my work before my classes start, before I really dive into the day. And I need internet to do my work. So it was a little little bit of an issue. I was like, oh crap, this is something we have to problem solve. And number one, the family was like, oh, we can help with this. So they tried to help. They they went around with me to different places to try and figure out... um, Maybe if I can get like a hot, like a Wi-Fi hotspot or something like that, that was really nice of them. Um, even the next day, my teacher, we brought it up casually in conversation. She then, after the class, 
spent the whole afternoon with me, helping me out and taking me to different places to try and get a Wi-Fi hotspot. It was totally unnecessary. I was like, oh man, you, you, you don't you don't have to do this. It's like, it's not like I can figure this out. You don't have to. And she's like, no, no, I'm, I'm happy to help because it's gonna be harder for you to do it by yourself because yes, you have a, a, a decent level in Mandarin, but this kind of conversation I can imagine is quite challenging. So I, I'm more than happy to help so that you can get it figured out. And I was like, wow, she did not have to go out of her way to do that. Even random strangers, this is a different topic, but still talking about the kindness of Taiwanese people, the number of random strangers that have stopped in the subway or the, the metro when I'm looking at a map of figuring out where I'm, where, what train stop I have to get off at, the, like literally 50% of the time, five zero, 50% of the time when I've been looking at a train map to figure out what stop I have to get off at, someone has walked up to me, random stranger, and been like, oh, hi, can I help you figure out where you're trying to go and I can help you get there? And here's the thing, they usually do it in very broken English. So they look at me, they, they assume I'm a tourist and they try using English to help me out, which is brave of them. Let's start there. I mean, we're all language learners. We know how it feels, how self-conscious we can get when we're a beginner or not super strong in a language. So imagine having to walk up to a random stranger and, and trying to help them in a language you're nowhere near fluent in. That takes a lot of bravery. So it's super kind on their part. And it's even more, that kindness is even more emphasized because I know how much bravery it might take someone to walk up to a random stranger and try and help them out in their language. And when your ability in that language is not super duper strong. So that just floored me as well. Yesterday, another story. I have so many of these. I could do this forever. And I've only been here like less than a week, which is the crazy part. Yesterday, I was looking for a place to eat, uh, eat lunch. And my reading ability when it comes to reading menus and such is getting better because I've been working on it because I hate not being able to read menus. And I feel so, I don't know, it, it frustrates me. And so I, 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 I accidentally went into a place that was known for steak and I was looking for vegetarian food. I walked in, I was looking at the menu, the waitress was standing there and I asked her if they have vegetarian food. She looks at me for a moment and she goes, yeah, we could, uh, we could probably do like some kind of spaghetti or something and we could probably make like a spaghetti thing for you. And I was like, oh, sure, that'd be fantastic. Why not, let's do that. She makes it, I'm eating, I'm looking at the, at the bill she's put on the table and she hadn't, it, all she'd really, it's hard to explain. She'd put a little tick mark beside a dish that did not match what I'd purchased. And then in brackets, she just wrote a character, which was like vegetarian or like vegetable. And I was like, what the heck? That doesn't, I, I was just confused. It didn't make any sense to me. The price of the dish she'd put a tick mark next to was quite expensive. And I was like, wow, it's so expensive. Then it later clicked as I was kind of thinking about it, that I was in a beef restaurant. So this was like a steak that essentially she, she, put a tick mark beside a steak dish and then written like in brackets veg vegetable or vegetarian and I was like oh that's interesting I, I, I was trying to piece it together I couldn't quite figure it out something hadn't clicked yet and after talking to the waitress after and like leaving and I was thinking about it I realized what had happened what she did is they just made me a vegetarian dish I don't know if they modified one of their meat dishes or how they did it but they made me a vegetarian dish and they charged me, or they made me a vegetarian version of one of their meat dishes, excuse me. And they only charged me about 50% of the price because they didn't put the meat in it. 
And I was like, you did not have to do that. Like, she very easily could have said, oh, no, no, this is a steak restaurant. I'm sorry. Or she could have said, no, 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 we don't have vegetarian food. She could have even said, yeah, yeah, come on in. We can make a vegetarian version of the dish and then charge me full price. I would have, that would have been even understandable. That's what they do in Calgary, in Canada. If I ask for a, if I ask for a dish without the meat, they don't reduce the price. They keep the price the same and you just get the dish without any meat. So like, I was very surprised and I realized that, oh, I think they just, I, th I think my hypothesis is that they just noticed I'm a foreigner. They probably realized that I, I couldn't really read the menus. I couldn't, I didn't know I'd walked into a, a beef kind of restaurant and they just were trying to help out or trying to be nice, essentially. Taiwan is also super safe, very safe country. It's, it's one of the few places, aside from maybe Canada, where <clears throat> um, you can just kind of, number one, walk around outside, nighttime, daytime, whatever, and not really worry about pickpocketers or being robbed or any real issues. Like a lot of places are safe at night, like you're fine, but you have to kind of pay attention even just a little bit to make sure nothing's going to happen to you. Well, Taiwan, you could like, your mind could wander and nothing's going to happen. Like you're, you're, you're fine. People leave their valuables out in the open when they, and they leave them unattended because no one steals for the most part. Um, like in Canada, it's similar in Canada. If I was working in a coffee shop and I had my laptop and my phone out on the table, I could very easily just leave my stuff at the table and go take a poop go in the washroom and take a poop for five minutes, seven minutes, whatever, wash my hands, take my time, come back out. My stuff is not going to be stolen. 9.8 times on 10, it's not going to be stolen. Taiwan is very similar. People act the same way. So it's it's really, it's, it's the people and the whole environment in Taiwan is something very special, I find. And that's been a really pleasant part of this experience so far while I have been in this in this country. I'm excited to see how things keep playing out the longer that I'm here. Now, let's dive into some language learning things here. Um, seeing as I've been fully like head down in language learning lately, um, there's a lot of different insights that I have. and There's a lot of stuff on my mind. So um, let's let's just dive right in. Quick little thing actually before we do. This is a perfect time to be following my Facebook and Instagram because daily what I've been doing so far is posting a lot of the insights that I've been getting on language learning. And there's a lot of good stuff that's coming to mind that I either A, haven't talked about before or B, maybe I have talked about before, but I'm looking at it through a different angle because I'm so immersed in language learning right now. So my Facebook, Instagram, even Snapchat a little bit, but Facebook, Instagram particularly are very good places to be following at this time if you're not following there right now. Anyway, um, so let's go into some language learning tips um, and language learning stuff that has occurred to me. Number one, <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I've realized that one of the biggest things that will impede us from speaking and communicating well in a foreign language is not our ability in the language, but it's the fact that we are getting frustrated when we're speaking and we're frustrated. We're getting frustrated and discouraged when we're trying to communicate. What happens is that we're speaking, we're trying to talk, we're trying to, to get our point across, we're trying to understand the other person, we're trying to do all of this, and it's difficult. We're struggling. There's a lot of words we don't know how to say, a lot of words we're not understanding. And what happens to most of us, in my experience, is we start to get discouraged, and that discouragement actually 
actually acts as a bit of a distraction from the conversation that is happening. And now that we're distracted by our own discouragement, we end up struggling even more in this conversation, which then leads to more discouragement, more struggle, and it becomes this vicious kind of cycle. So we have to break this vicious cycle. We have to, it has to be broken. You cannot just get discouraged. You have to realize that most of the time, unless you're super advanced, when you're communicating, you're going to struggle. That's just the nature of language learning. And so when you're struggling, don't get discouraged. When you're struggling, when you're not understanding, just ask questions. Ask questions. Oh, can you repeat yourself? Can you repeat that? Can you say that again? What does this word mean? Let me check that word in a dictionary. Oh, I don't know how to say this. Let me look in a dictionary. Just give me one moment, please. Look it up. Just express what's going on in your mind and say, I don't know what that means. Oh, I didn't understand. Just say it and that's okay. It's perfectly fine. There's no need to feel bad about that. And here's the thing. I know some people, a lot of people maybe even, um, feel like that they are bothering or impeding the other person, that you are causing you are you are causing an inconvenience for the person that you are speaking with. And here's what I want to tell you. Most of the time, you are not actually inconveniencing the other person. Most of the time, no. And if you are, here's the thing. They're just going to escape the conversation. They're going to find a way to stop talking to you. <laughs> but if they're actually talking to you for any extended period of time, despite your quote-unquote terribleness, despite your lack of fluency, despite the challenges you're having, that means they actually like you. That means they want to talk to you. That means they don't care that you are quote unquote not perfect in the language. They don't care. They still want to be there. They want to, otherwise they would not be there. Most like, people are not going to just talk to you out of politeness for a long period of time. That's just not, it's just not going to happen. So this is the big thing to keep in mind is that there's no need to get discouraged. It's okay, you're not bothering anyone and it's fine. And what's gonna happen is that's gonna create an unlock. It's going to allow you to learn more because you're not beating yourself up. Your brain has more space available and more energy available to actually focus on learning and, and absorbing new information. And it also just relieves a lot of mental stress, which feels good, obviously. A uh, similar thing on the listening comprehension side, very specifically, is understand that you're not going to understand everything. You have to realize that, especially if you're more on the, on the beginner side or even intermediate side. You're probably going to understand, you know, zero all the way up to maybe, you know, 50%, 60% or whatever the percentage is. Most of the time, again, unless you're very advanced, you're not going to be understanding 100% of everything that you're listening to. Whether it be a video, a podcast, a real real life conversation, a, a play, a movie, whatever it is, TV show, most of the time you're not going to understand everything. And so knowing this piece of information, you should not be trying to understand every little word that is said. Think about that, okay? This, this sounds a little bit weird and I know I might be throwing you for a loop. Because you know that you're not going to understand everything, you do not necessarily have to try to understand everything because there's no hope. <laughs> As a beginner or intermediate level person, there's no hope of understanding everything. It's not going to happen. And so what you should do instead is you should try and listen for, as try and capture 
as much as you can from what you're listening to, to piece together a general concept of what they're saying. At least get something from it. Because here's the mistake people make. When you try to catch every single word, the second you stumble upon a word you don't know, you stop and you're like, wait, what was that word? Do I know that word? And you start thinking about that word. You'd start trying to process that word to figure out if you know it and you're just not remembering it or if you don't know it and you start to think about it. While you've stopped at that word, the video or the person you're talking to or the TV show or whatever has continued to move forward. And so while you were thinking about the word you didn't know, you've now not even registered the next 72 words, not 72, the next 10 words that the person has said, which means that you have no hope of actually following that conversation, right? So this is why, this is why if you're a beginner intermediate, yes, listen to every word. Yes, listen, but you can't stop at every word you don't know because that's just too, it's too difficult, right? It's too difficult. The exception to this, and there is an exception to this whole rule, let's call it, is if you're really trying to work on developing your language learning, your language listening, your, your listening comprehension skills. So I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I was uh, I was up with my homestay family, and uh, I came home, and the seven-year-old daughter uh, was reading these children's books, these picture books. She's reading them, flipping through them, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Read away, have some fun. Eventually she leaves her books and I picked one up randomly and start flipping through it, just out of curiosity. Wasn't really reading it, wasn't really even looking at the pictures very carefully. It was just some random thing for me to do. The seven-year-old daughter comes back and she sees me with a book about some bear, right? It's a short little picture book about a bear who's going to hibernate. And she's like, oh, you're reading. Sure, let's read. And I was like, oh, okay. So she makes me read the book. She's like, sits with me and she's like forcing me to finish it. Cause like, like it was a longer book and it was really hard for me. And there's a lot of stuff I didn't know. And we're like trying to read through it. The mom was there as well. And there were a lot of things I didn't know what they meant, right? As a lot of characters I didn't know. There's a lot of stuff I didn't know. And the seven-year-old would, would say it out loud for me. The mom would also help and say it out loud for me. And this was a time where we would stop at every single word. We would stop. Every time something was there that I didn't know, we would stop. Because the purpose of this activity, right, at the time, the way that the mom and the daughter indirectly was treating this activity was as an activity to help me increase my vocabulary. So we would stop at every word, we would look it up, we would make sure I understood it, then we'd go back, we'd read it again, right? So that was, that's an example of, 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 of an instance where you wouldn't just skip by something, you would go word by word and make sure you're really capturing it at a deep level. But those are two very, very different learning outcomes. On one hand, you have a learning outcome of trying to increase your vocabulary, which is when you're really stopping word by word, you're going slowly, you're repeating things, right? That's one outcome. But if your learning outcome is simply to understand a TV show or a movie or understand what someone is saying, understand a book even, like not a book actually, that's not a great example, but understand the general gist of what someone is saying, if that is your learning outcome, 
it makes no sense to stop at every single unfamiliar word that you heard or read and you're like, what the heck does that mean? It doesn't make any sense because that's not going to allow you to understand anything whatsoever that they said. Your best shot at understanding what the person said is to listen for the overall meaning and to keep listening and try and piece things together. That is your best hope. The last thing we'll say in this podcast and we'll finish this episode up is the following. Um, uh, if, uh, how do I say this? This is, this is a tip for conversations. This is a very conversational kind of tip and piece of advice. And it applies to beginners and intermediate level individuals. Not so much, not as much to people who are advanced. Eh, maybe a little bit too advanced actually, now that I'm thinking about it. So when you're in conversations, especially if there's more than one native speaker in, in, involved in the conversation, um, <clears throat> you know, first of all, like we've said before, you're not going to understand everything, right? We already know this. So the question becomes, if you're not going to understand everything, how the heck can you still be a part of the conversation? Because a lot of people, what happens is that they're part of a conversation, everyone's talking, even if it's one-on-one, -on -one, you're with the one speaker, even if it's in that kind of context, people often are like, man, I get lost. I don't know what's going on. It's confusing. It's difficult for me to follow. It's really overwhelming. It's tiring. My brain gets tired. I feel dumb because I don't know how to participate, etc." So I want to give a piece of a very practical piece of advice based on one experience I had a couple days ago, but it's an experience I've had many times as a language learner. A few days ago, I was at someone's house. Um, it was a friend of my homestay, of my homestay family's son. So the 11 year old son has a friend. We're at the house. We were having lunch at the house and playing some board games and stuff like that. The kids were talking and the mom was also talking. So it was like three or the kids. So one, two, three, three kids and the mom and me. They're talking and they're talking about whatever. I'm understanding probably 40, uh, yeah, 40%, I would say. 40% of what's happening, I'm kind of following. Sometimes even less. Sometimes I had no concept of what the heck was being talked about. And sometimes they would even ask me things and I didn't fully understand the question. Like I would kind of understand, but not exactly. So what I would do is two things. Number one, I was really good at asking questions. Like someone would say something, I caught three out of eight words. I'd be like, okay, they, they're talking about animals. I don't know what the heck they said about animals, but I could ask a question about animals. So they'd be blah, 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 animals, animals. I'd be like, okay, animals, I don't know what they're talking about. I'd be like, hey, by the way, what animals are there in Taiwan? What animals are common? So you can ask questions based on the little that you actually understood. Usually, this will work because this is how real conversations work. Someone says something and then you either comment upon what they said in a related fashion or you ask a related question as to what about what they said. So most of the time this will work. If your question was not super relevant um, and it was partial, it'll be partially relevant because the question was based on the part of the conversation we understood. So it'll be partially relevant. If it's not fully relevant, the other person's not really going to care because the, they're, they're not going to realize that you didn't understand. They're just going to think, oh, he's asking about a different topic. I guess we're changing topics now, right? So it's not going to be a big deal. You can even, when you're asking questions, this is something I'll often do too. You could even just throw in a, something like, oh, why? Oh, that's interesting. How, how come? Like asking why is a very, <laughs> like, 
It's a great way to be involved in the conversation, even though you have no real concept of what's going on. So I was doing a lot of this kind of stuff. So I was trying to be involved and I was throwing in and random questions based on the little stuff that I would be understanding. The other thing you can do to be involved in the conversation is you can guess. You can absolutely take educated guesses. And this is probably your best bet. Um, this is particularly when someone asks you a question. So people would ask me a question. I would understand, I would understand a portion of it. And sometimes they would not be able to, sometimes if I didn't understand and I told them I didn't understand, they wouldn't be able to reword it for me or explain it to me in a different way. Like they would struggle. So what I would do is I'd be like, all right, based on what I understood, I'm gonna take an educated guess that what they asked me was this. And I would answer based on what I thought they maybe would have asked me. Doesn't always work. It's not perfect. It's not a perfect system. It's not a perfect science. You're gonna make a lot of mistakes with it, but it gets you through the conversation. It gets you, it keeps things moving forward instead of at a standstill. Realize something, the two tips I just gave you, asking the questions based on what you are understanding and taking educated guesses and throwing in your own two cents and commenting based on your best educated guess on what is being said to you or what is being asked of you, it moves things forward instead of staying at a standstill. If you do not take an educated guess or you don't ask questions, in other words, if you're not in, if, if, if you're doing nothing, if you're just kind of sitting there like a lump on a log, the conversation will come to a standstill. They've asked you a question, you didn't really understand, and you're like, I'm not going to answer because I didn't really understand. I'm just gonna say, I didn't understand. Oh, I'm sorry. That stops the conversation. It cuts you out of the whole conversation because people unconsciously are like, oh, Azrin doesn't really understand. Azrin struggles with this. Okay, that's too hard for him. We can't really ask him about that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're going to have less opportunities to practice your language abilities, right? Because you stopped. It put a stop in the conversation. By you taking an educated guess and trying to throw things in based on what you are understanding, even though it's not perfect, and even though you're not answering in a way that a native speaker would, at least you're still involved, at least they're gonna keep talking to you, at least they're gonna ask clarifying questions, at least they see that you're trying, and it, it leads to a much more positive, a much more positive outcome. Another version of this is if you're just sitting there and listening passively, and you're not asking questions, you're not talking at all, it's easy for your brain to get disengaged. And it's easy for them to just start talking and rambling on, and your brain's like, I have no idea what's happening. Like, I literally have no clue. And you just kind of sit there and eventually, you, you stop learning, you stop really listening, it becomes background noise. But if you're asking questions, oh, why did that happen? And you're making, you're adding your two cents based on what you are understanding. It brings some attention back on you and it gives you a slight, a slight measure of control over the conversation and it keeps you engaged in what's going on and it reminds the other people at the table that you're still there and you're still listening and you're still trying and it increases your learning opportunities. So this is the big thing that I wanna, I wanna recommend to everyone. Anyway, I've got to head out. It's about 10.32 in the morning. I've got a few other things to do before I leave for class. I leave for class at about uh, 11.20 I need to eat some lunch before class. So 11.20 gives me time to go eat lunch and then go to class. So I have like an hour to go here. I have a little bit of stuff left to do. So thank you for listening. I appreciate your attention and we will talk next time. Bye for now. See you.